This is a HeadGum Podcast. Now, now let's start the show. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is Dealing, Dealing With Ghosters. With was that a ghost? Oh, oh, he's back. <laughs> you never know when he's going to come. Sometimes he's a little delayed. Sometimes, whoa. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, that is a ghoster. I do not like that ghost. No, he is very scary, and but not as scary as his actions are when he ghosts you. That's right. All right, guys, also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, why breadcrumbing might be the new ghosting. No, I don't have a sound effect for breadcrumbing. <laughs> it's going to be someone chewing. <laughs> we'll explain, yeah, which is like what people the can, worst, the, the worst. worst the worst to listen to. We, we will explain what breadcrumbing is. And also, we're going to tell you what love bombing is and why it might be one of the most toxic types of relationships. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, Angela Spera, how are you feeling? I don't feel good, you guys. I don't feel good at all. So we had the two-year anniversary of HeadGum, which is the podcast network that This Is Why You're Single is on. And we had a little party at this Mexican restaurant in Williamsburg called Cantina Royale. Angela had like, I don't know, she must have like 40 margaritas. It was an open bar. It was an open bar thanks to producer <laughs> slash my husband, Nick Rad. I didn't want Nick Rad's money to go to waste. Yeah, she did not let it go to waste. And she got bombed. So Angela, afterwards, we go back to like my rooftop and she's like, I'm going to take a little nap on the outdoor couch. <laughs> Except I didn't say that. I just passed out. She passed out. <laughs> and at first I was like, oh, this is so cute. Look, she's like asleep. So then Sam, my dog, comes over and Sam like puts her head on Angela and I'm like, I'm going to do that too. So I lean on Angela and like 20 minutes later, she kind of like rolls and starts puking. <laughs> you guys, I'm so embarrassed. I want to die. What do you remember? Uh, it, you know, just flashes of embarrassment. <laughs> and I, actually, okay. So in that moment, that first vomit, because spoiler alert, there were a few times where I puked. But the first time when I rolled over, um, all I remember hearing is, oh, my God, Sam's going to eat it. <laughs> Get out of there, Sam. Sam's um, my dog, by the way. Yeah, yeah not a person. Um, but, yeah, Sam tried to eat my throw up. Um, and then, uh, and like, keep in mind, this was in front of a lot of other podcasters who I had met for the first time, um, possibly the last time. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and also people that I've met before who are very nice, who I respect, who I do not want to see me puking. Yeah. Um, so then Angela starts crying. So she's throwing up while simultaneously crying, saying, I am sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people didn't see that throw up. But then I call her boyfriend, Ian, over. I'm like, Ian, Ian, come over. And I'm like, he's like, what? He was like deep in conversation with someone and didn't notice her 
his girlfriend throwing up right. on the side of the couch. And he comes over. He's like, Angie. Oh, no, Angie. Angie, come here, Angie. And he like he's like trying to get you up. And so it took a while. He came and brought you water. He he really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, he did. He did. Not as much as my husband stepped <laughs> up to the plate. They both did. Well, so so Ian, I'll continue the, my side of the story. Okay. So your, then, your side is probably a little more clear than mine. <laughs> I only had one margarita. Well, I had one and a half and then the half one I gave to you, which was clearly like a, a mistake. A mistake. Um, so then Ian is like, okay, I need to get her to a bathroom. So he starts to like, he picks you up and you guys are like walking towards the bathroom and you're like right in front of the whole group of podcasters from our network yep. and like sound engineers and yep. everyone. And then like the exorcist, <laughs> pieces of chicken from the taquitos oh earlier that God. night fly out of your mouth at full speed speed and like almost like a <laughs> almost like a like a hose that has one of those like different faucets on it that's that like, funny because it happened in slow motion for me <laughs> well the the vomit like fans out all over oh my, my God. by the way this is like our new apartment we just moved in and it's like our new rooftop but i didn't care i thought it was so funny i cared <laughs> and it the chicken <laughs> scraps fan out all over. oh nobody wants to hear this including me so <laughs> nick is so chill nick's like oh my god it's like because you know nick. yeah i heard somebody be like nick's getting a hose <laughs> yeah so nick gets a hose he did that i cannot make eye contact with nick ever again <laughs> don't look at me nick is looking at me don't look go away so angela then starts crying more and ian gets her to like the bathroom on the rooftop and they're in the bathroom for i don't know like another hour and a half while she, i don't know she's laying on the ground passed out meanwhile i was puking more oh you're puking more so ian amazing guy totally taking care of you was not angry once maybe is well he, <laughs> he wouldn't let me uh near him like like i could i kept like in the cab ride home i tried to put my hand on his shoulder and i could tell he was grossed out and i was like do you not want me to touch you anymore and he's like you have to take a shower <laughs> he did he did say that last night he was like he was like oh so like I know she doesn't have a change of clothes, but I feel like she should take a shower. Yeah, he kept saying that. I was like, now. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, she doesn't have throw up on her, but I just feel like it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was somewhere. So when I did finally take a shower when I got home, it was amazing. I felt like um, one of those ducks in like the Dawn commercials where they use Dawn to like wash off the from oil spills. Oh, <laughs> that's how I felt. <laughs> so meanwhile while you're passed out throw or you know not passed out throwing up in the bathroom while ian's taking care of you nick is hosing down your throw up this like i really learned a lot about both of our guys and what stand-up guys they are and, and and a lot about me i think i think so and then because all the chicken oh doesn't God. get washed away with the hose nick then goes and gets napkin and gets oh down on the ground and starts picking up tiny pieces of the chicken from your throw up. Guys, I'm moving out of the country. I'm joining the witness protection program. Uh, it's too bad that I can't ever show my face in Brooklyn again. <laughs> I just, can, can I be clear? I don't throw up. I am not a puker. Even when I'm really? sick, I don't puke. When I drink, I don't puke. This was a very special occasion. It was a two-year anniversary of our podcast network. And I celebrated vomiting everything <laughs> I had ever eaten ever and so Nick was picking up the chicken pieces oh but meanwhile he's like so casual about it like the party's still going on people are still like hey guys you need another beer like he's like refilling beers with one hand like picking up chicken scraps with the other like 
and just like not just so chill about it. People come over. He's like, oh, yeah, they should like spend the night here. <laughs> Whatever. He was just the most, you know, I didn't I wouldn't expect any less from him, but he was just so chill and I and I appreciated those vibes and I really appreciated that like you're my best friend and my work wife and he didn't once ask me to pick up the chicken <laughs> throw up he just did it he didn't even ask me to like join in on helping him clean up he just took charge and I really appreciated that because I love you Angela but I didn't want to do I didn't want to pick up the I mean I don't blame you the stress. feeling is mutual yeah um yeah but now I feel like I don't know. I owe both of them some kind of gift. No, no. No, no, I do. I do. But like, what do you, what do you get for someone in such a scenario? I'm a bad gift giver anyway. And this is like a high difficulty gift giving situation. Mm. Like, thanks for cleaning up my, my chicken. Pee. Maybe like a bottle of tequila as like a cheek, <laughs> as like a cheeky. I don't ever want to be near tequila again. <laughs> so that's out. So how are you and Ian? I want to know like how this, <laughs> you know, this is a relationship podcast. Right. This isn't like about. This isn't like a rehab podcast, but um, he was a little salty at first, I would say. Really? Because he was so nice last night. He was like, you know, he wasn't like mean, but he was just kind of like looking at me like I was Denver the guilty dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Google it, guys. It's a great viral video. Um, And whenever I feel guilty, I make the Denver face (laughs) where she just like shows her teeth. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. That's how that was... You know, because it made him like late for work and all this stuff. So I get it. I get it. How late was he for work? I know he, well, he texted he works this. from home in the morning. So but really, he, he, said he, had a, he said he had a client meeting this morning. He texted um, like me that. Like a phone. He oh, had a phone okay. call. Was he late for the phone call? No, he was fine. In fact, we probably got up earlier than we would have. I'm going to stop justifying this. Okay. But um, yeah, so the, but by the time he actually left our apartment, we were laughing about it because, you know, I had cleaned myself. I was showered. He was willing to give me a hug at that point. He he was a very like gentle caregiver. I was like, oh, do you need some Advil? And he was like, I don't, I don't think she'll be able to keep it down right now. I'm like, how about some saltines? Yes, maybe, maybe some saltines. (laughs) He's, he's got a very maternal. He he was very tray maternal. Yes. I, I, I am very grateful for all that Ian did. And you know, that's the thing. It's like the nice thing about having like a wonderful, supportive, loving boyfriend is they will take care of you in that scenario. But the downside is then you have to face them the next day and they've seen you at your absolute worst. And I'm like, "Mm, can you ever unsee those images? Have you ever seen him that drunk? No. Because I've seen Nick that drunk. So I feel like Really? I I can't imagine that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it was at the same restaurant <laughs> oh, from the wait a same minute. margaritas. I, there was a point where Ian was like, were you roofied? No, no, they just, I think they, they aren't that, cons- they're my favorite restaurant. It's our favorite date spot, but they're not necessarily like, I don't think consistent in the tequila dispersals. Sure. And some of the tequila was via pitcher so i'm thinking you got like the very bottom where like maybe all the tequila was yeah and like if i'm drinking one margarita i appreciate that i appreciate a heavy pour but not if i'm drinking multiple yeah which by the way it wasn't 45 i had like four oh okay i just didn't eat a lot yesterday which was a mistake really i (laughs) would argue otherwise (laughs) because i saw the insides Uh, of your stomach 
Oh my God. Is everyone enjoying this conversation? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the one time I saw Nick drunk was we had margaritas there and he's like a very, you're a very sweet drunk too. I mean, when you, when you start throwing up, you started like crying and being like, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Oh. And we, I was like, stop. Nobody cares. Like everyone's chill and they're going to take care of you and you'll be fine. Um, Nick is like, he like acts normal and then all of a sudden we'll just like start puking into a trash can. <laughs> so I try, I was equally drunk because we had had the same margaritas, but I wasn't as drunk as him. So, it, but it was like the blind leading the blind. So I go and get him a glass of water and I'm like a little wobbly and I accidentally kind of like stumble as I'm handing him the water oh as he's puking into the can and the water just goes on top of his head no, and he was so, you're the worst. He was so drunk. He didn't know what's happening. He's like, why are you doing that? Why it's would you, raining. why would you do that? And like, I guess at first he thought I was throwing up on him. Oh on his, <laughs> Not the case. So anyways, we've all been there. I don't Nick Nick's in the room right now. Have I ever been wasted myself like that? drunk oh my birthday he's my birthday but i didn't yes did i throw up yeah okay so this is so he's nodding we have both taken care of each other that's how it goes well i've never been put to the test but i i don't want to say i hope that that ian projectile vomits someday so i can take care of him but if he does i'll i'll be there that's goddamn beautiful (laughs) on that note let's talk about what's in the news Angela, what have you been reading about? Um, I'm super While excited. you've been hungover all, all day today. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I don't feel well, but that's how much I love doing this podcast. I'm here with a giant bottle of ginger ale. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this week's new segment because we're going to learn all the new terms. I have one, you have one. It's very exciting. All right. So, breadcrumbing three ways to know if you're being breadcrumbed by Esme Oliver for Salon. Um, so this is like different than ghosting. Are people just coming up with a bunch of like bullshit new phrases or is this actually different than benching and, and ghosting? Um, to be honest with you guys, I think it is pretty much the same. Th- it's like a maybe it's a fusion of benching and ghosting. Yeah, it seems closer to benching. Ghosting is like you're gone. You're right. You, like the guy, the person just never writes back to you again. And then benching, to be clear, benching is when like you don't realize it, but you're, this is like taking from football. Like mm-hmm. you're not the starter. You're like his side chick in case it doesn't like work out with the starter, but you don't realize that. So he's like kind of staying in touch with you, but not... All, but n- like not really giving you his full attention. Right. So breadcrumbing basically is benching because it's just like, it's what it sounds like. It's like leaving little morsels via text, like just stringing the person along, but then never actually meeting up with them. So this girl, Esme Oliver, who wrote this article, she actually wrote a whole book about a year she spent being breadcrumbed. Wow. You could be breadcrumbed for a year. That's insane. You got you to gotta realize you're being breadcrumbed. But I guess it's probably, it's hard to, to tell because it's kind of like the cat mouse theory. Like you got like a, or cat string, yeah. uh, whatever. Yes. I don't know. But you know, you have like a string with a cat and you like give them the string and they're like, ooh, I almost have the string. And then you pull it away. Right. And they're like, well, where'd the string go? I want the string. And then you give them a little more of the string. Well, she has three ways to know if you're being breadcrumbed. So that should help if, you, if you're being, if you're having a mouse dangled in front of your face or whatever. String. 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 <laughs> okay. So she says, number one, um, if they send you extremely complimentary texts, which that seems confusing. She said, many guys frequently send out texts or emails like, you're beautiful. You're an amazing woman. But beware. These are only words. Don't believe everything he says. 
um, and don't return the compliment. How do you know, though, if they mean a gen- does this Because I don't want guys listening to this to think like you shouldn't be telling a woman that she's beautiful or amazing or right. hot. You should tell women this all the time. You should. I, I love words of affirmation. But I'm, I do think I'm too, ex- much, too extremely, much too soon is suspicious. Uh, yeah, that's kind of similar to mine. Yeah. I, I'm like, you know, I like a lot of words of affirmation. I'm a, you know, a little sensitive, sensitive, self-conscious fragile right so yeah i mean i like compliments too but it's like did anybody watch the bachelorette i mean like brian he was like he came on too strong at first that's why nobody trusted him yeah he seemed like a douche yeah I don't, i'm not i'm team peter. i don't know anybody team peter i don't know anyone that's excited about this brian said no very bad very bad news i can't believe that i know these things um about reality television all right number two he misses you he's all on paper these seem like good things you know this was happening to my friend though this guy kept being like i miss you i miss you but then not asking her to hang out yes that's exactly what she said and and like and my friend is like this is like one of my best friends she was like i don't get it like she was smart though she caught on right away she was like he keeps saying that he misses me and would call her like pet names but then not ask her to hang out she's like okay if you actually missed me you'd be like can i take you on a date on tuesday and that's exactly what this girl said. She said, if he really misses you, he's going to make an effort to see you. Um, and finally, number three, no follow-up. After all these texts, you would think the guy would be dying to see you. However, you will rarely make a plan or maybe there will be one actual date, but no subsequent dates. Ooh, um, my friend's being breadcrumb. I'm literally going to copy this <laughs> and send it to her right now. <laughs> so she And be says, like, watch out for the breadcrumber. Yeah. It's like a Hansel and Gretel thing. Yeah. (laughs) She says the best way, though, to recover is to move on and find a guy who is truly worthy of you and wants to spend time with you. Pay attention to actions and not words. Ooh, I like that. Actions and not words. Yeah. Good advice. Very good advice. Okay. So I have been reading Bustle. This is an article by Leah Rose Emery, and she writes, why love bombing is worse than any other dating trend. I don't know what love bombing is. I want to find out. I'm going to tell you because I also feel like I've seen this. I have another friend that I feel like is getting love bombed, although it seems a little like they're mutually love bombing each other. Anyways, (laughs) there's a lot of dating trends like we know, ghosting, not breadcrumbing, benching, the slow fade, but... Love bombing is a little different. So what love bombing is, is when a relationship starts out too good to be true right from the start, like too much, too fast. They send you flowers every day. They're like super obsessed with you. Just one grand gesture after another. Have you ever heard of that happening with like a friend where you're like, whoa, you've only known each other like a week, dude. Yeah. Chill. It's always those people that like, yeah, they've been dating for a week and then they'll make like a Facebook status like love this perfect, wonderful man. Yeah. Look, at the, like, look at the little chocolates. Yeah. I, I'm always suspicious. He flew me to Bali. Okay. Well, that's probably more your news feed than mine. <laughs> <laughs> we got different friends, but they, you know, they, there's the same, same si- gist. Same thing. So <laughs> here's what this relationship therapist, Amy Arstein, tells Bustle. Personally, I think that love bombing in and of itself is a key sign that something isn't right. People can become infatuated with each other very quickly, which is fine. But if someone starts showering you with so much love and attention too quickly, you have to question their pacing and their judgment. This person doesn't know you. What exactly is missing from their life that they are throwing themselves into a romantic attachment so quickly without having time to assess fully how you are? Right. And I think that people who do that tend to do that with like all their relationships. And that's a good way to tell 
Because like, mm-hmm. do you? I think everybody has that friend where it's like every other month they have like a different boyfriend, and every time they get a new boyfriend, they're posting like, "Oh my god, the be- I love you so much. I love you so much." And you're like, you just had another boyfriend that you love so much. Yeah, it's like I think he's the one. Yeah. So here's three reasons why that's bad. There's a good chance it's probably not going to work out. That level of emotion messes with your emotions. It makes everything really heightened and puts you in a very vulnerable place. Some people do like to have relationships this way. The relationship expert says when two people immediately decide they are involved, they sort of skip over the stressful part of will they call? Do they like me? Are we dating? And that's, that's, that could be okay. But some people have trouble tolerating these sorts of unknowns. But the truth is the love bomber doesn't know you and you don't know them. So you're having all these really intense feelings and investing all sorts of emotional energy in someone that you don't actually know. So I think there's kind of a middle ground. If you like, if you both are like really interested in each other from the start, like I feel like Nick and I were this way, Mm -hmm. we basically were together from the moment that we met. But it, it was like a little bit it was good to be courting, but not like I'm going to marry you and like whisk you away. Right. And you know, you gotta, you gotta still, you know, take everything in, right. in moderation. Chase it. Yeah. It's great if you meet someone and you both are immediately all about each other and don't want to date anyone else. I mean like Nick showed yeah, up at my door with, fine. he showed up at my door with flowers after two weeks. Like flowers are okay. All these things are okay. It's really just how you do it and, mm-hmm. and what you say and make sure you really are getting to know the person before you Make a decision on how you feel. It's true. Okay, so I'll tell you two other reasons why this is bad. The love bomber can withdraw anytime and it will be a major change for you. And what goes up must come down. The love bomber establishes a certain level of affection just so that they can take it away. So this is someone that like isn't doing this out of pure kindness and oh. like they like are kind of doing it to be manipulative. So when someone who is normally showering you with praise and gifts suddenly withholds, it's complete cruelty. It makes you feel small, confused, and exposed. And remember, this is probably after you invested a lot into the relationship yourself. Mm. So, <laughs> All sound, great sound effects from Angela. <laughs> um, okay, and then lastly, the love bomber can use it to control you. So the worst part about being love bombed is that a lot of times this like manipulative type of person is all about control. So they use it to keep the other partner feeling indebted to them. So they're like buying you like all these extravagant gifts and things, and but they're doing it so that they can like give you like a guilt trip. So when you want to do normal things like see your friends or do something without them, they can flip the switch and make you feel like the worst person in the world. Yeah. Like I did all these things for you and look what I got you and you know, you, you you shouldn't be like hanging out with your friends. So I've also seen guys like that too. Yeah. It can just be toxic. Yeah. And it's a, like kind of a mind fuck for the girl because then she's like, well, he's such a great guy. Like it's, it, yeah, it clouds your judgment. Totally clouds your judgment because things are not mutually exclusive. You can have like a manipulative jerk that still does really nice things, but the nice things in a way are part of the manipulation. Right. So, yeah, it's very interesting. So watch out for breadcrumbing and watch out for love bombing people. My God, so much out there. So many things to look out for. It is a jungle. All right, we are about to jump into the mailbox, but first let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Okay, first we have a question from someone who named herself Dating Virgin. 
Um, she received one of, I think, the weirdest messages we've read on the podcast. So here we go. She said, I decided to join OkCupid tonight on a whim. The first guy that messaged me asked if I wanted to hear a scary story. So Angela, you met Ian on OkCupid. I did. Did you ever talk to anybody on OkCupid whose opening line was, would you like to hear a scary story? Um... I probably would, they would have to have like an amazing profile for me to answer such a stupid opening line. Yeah. So just saying. But she answered, she said, sure. Because you know what? What do you have to lose? I yeah, guess. Right? Other, other than. And it was, uh, it was her first night on OkCupid. So she's probably still optimistic. True. Um, so this is what he said. He wrote, so a couple of days ago when I opened the door of my refrigerator, the jelly sitting inside it started shaking. <laughs> Was that intentional? Yeah, I'm putting I'm putting some scary booze in the back of the scary story. Keep going. Okay, okay, great. Um, so it started shaking, and then I had to tell her not to be afraid of me. I can't understand how can she be so afraid of me. I don't even look that scary. What do you think? Is it just that it's jelly, or is there a problem with me? What the fuck? That story doesn't even make sense. Do not talk to this person so again. She Well, she was like, I'm not sure if I'm missing out on some sort of sexual innuendo or what. You're not missing You're out not. on anything. This guy is a weird weirdo. I think he's trying to be funny, but... It's not funny and the story doesn't even make sense. He's a bad... Funny. He's Even if... He's a bad storyteller. Honestly, as a writer, like biggest red flag. <laughs> what a this, turn off. This guy can't tell a freaking story. If he had told some like funny, charming, scary story, like, I'm not as turned off as Angela is by the opening line. I mean, the only thing I would be turned off by is if he said like, hey, want to hear a scary story? And then it's about like murdering someone on their first date. <laughs> right. And then it's the guy from Scream. Yeah. Like that actually kind of creeps me out. But so, yeah, I guess I am a little creeped out by that opening line. Maybe, but whatever. Opening line aside, this is a bad storyteller. That is the dumbest story. It makes no sense. And this person is so dumb. Block them and don't talk to them again. Yeah. Okay, dating virgin, stay away. Granted, humor is subjective. And if you think it's hilarious, go right ahead. But she doesn't. I think it's dumb. She thinks she's missing out on something. She just thinks he's trying to be sexual, which uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I see nothing sexual in there. I, I can understand like the jelly. She's like got KY jelly. Maybe she thinks like there's something different, about diff, diff kind of jelly. No, this is different. You're not missing out on anything. Just a weirdo. All right. What else do we have? Good, good luck on OkCupid. Okay, oh, Jesus uh, Christ. It's like a, it's changed a lot, huh? Has, yeah, actually, it? no, it hasn't. Um, so next up, we have a question from Nicole. Nicole writes, I've had a very confusing last couple of months of trying to get back into the dating game after a long-term relationship. I was in a relationship with my high school sweetheart all throughout college, and we recently decided to go our separate ways. Oh, I'm sorry. He was my first real relationship. I am excited and getting out there and dating to gain some new experiences, but I'm realizing that it's so much of a hookup culture nowadays. How can you make it clear that you're looking for a connection and to actually enjoy spending time with someone without wanting it to necessarily be serious yet? I feel like I need some me time before getting into another serious relationship. It doesn't help that my ex has been trying to convince me to give him another chance while all of this is going on. I'm so confused. Okay, so I'm a little confused. I just want to make what she's looking for clear. So she doesn't like that it's a hookup culture. But, but she, she wants to hook up. But she also, so she's, yeah, she's frustrated that it's a hookup culture because she says, you know, I'm realizing it's so much of a hookup culture. But then she says that she's looking for a clear connection and to enjoy someone's time. 
but not have it be serious. I, I think I she's under- looking for an in-between. You she's know? looking for an in-between. So she wants, yes, okay. So she doesn't want like a long-term boyfriend. She also doesn't want to just like go over and like fuck, exactly. like fuck someone. She wants to be like wined and dined before hooking up and then. And like she wants to maybe like do some fun things. She wants, yeah. she wants companionship. I with- think a lot of people are looking for this. They just don't they have the exact same problem as her. They don't know how to express that. I mean, I think it's called dating because there's hookup and there's dating and then there's like getting serious, right? Well, the issue is making sure that the other person that you're going out with is on the same page as you. I mean, it's hard because most people, if you're going to invest spending time with someone and maybe doing cool things like going to museums and seeing interesting movies and talking about books and like making, she says she wants a connection. So like, I don't know, those are just a few things where you might connect with someone. Right. If someone's going to spend time and you know, maybe pay for you or not pay for you, whatever. Like they they probably at least hope that it will lead to something long term, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe not. I, mean, I know. So I mean not maybe not, because like a lot I feel like a lot of guys that I went out with when I was single, like we'd be going on all these dates. And, and they'd be cool dates. They'd be cool dates. We'd have fun and it would be like, oh, it seems like things are going well. Like they they were but then sometimes they, not interested in relationships. They just wanted to keep going on. But would they... Yeah, they enjoyed my company, but, but they, they would enjoyed they, other people's company as well. So would they have kept going out with you if you weren't looking for something serious? Like would they have kept like enjoying your company and kind of making out and like having fun? Well, I think what I had to do, they weren't doing anything wrong in being that way. It's just not what I was looking for because I okay. actually wanted a relationship. So I had to be honest with myself first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, because like you can, I think you can get trapped in that scenario where you're like, maybe this person will change their mind. But... They're not going to. So I had to like step away. I think she kind of like, is that weird to put it on your profile? I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit, right? I feel like she should just let it happen. Or- she should be like a dude. Like she should just let it happen organically. Like yeah. do her thing. Yeah, that's true. I hate when guys put like, oh, just looking to fuck or like, or like, right. you know, looking for a long term. I Even like if they spell it out, it kind of weirds me out. Like I think, yeah, I think she should just keep going out with these people. I mean, she keep the option open. Maybe she'll change her mind. But if she doesn't and they seem like they're getting too serious, she could just be like, oh, by the way. Yeah, and just if it comes up in conversation, just definitely spell it out. In terms of overcoming hookup culture, just don't sleep with someone like until you are ready. Right, you're in control of that. Yeah, but you're in control of that. Like put it off for as long as you can. That's like one of the biggest things in like the Why Men Love Bitches book that my friend just pointed out. She's rereading it and it's right. like the Bible. It's kind of inspired us to write our like a modern day version of that. Right. I mean, but that book still holds up. I still love that book. You should buy it. Um so I actually think what she's looking for is super attainable and yeah. Actually perfect for the current dating climate. Yeah, I think it is too. I think maybe the the hard part will be finding like a, I mean, a connection you can find with anybody even if they just take you out for drinks. You can right. get in with certain people that you have that type of chemistry with or, you know, intellectual chemistry with. You can get into like those deep, crazy conversations where all of a sudden you've been talking for like five hours about like the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Like that happens, but it happens once in a blue moon because it doesn't happen with everyone. And I wouldn't even necessarily say that has to do with ho- hookup culture, more as it takes like two specific human beings that really connect on an intellectual level to get there. So you kind of just have to start dating people. Don't give in to hookup culture if you don't want to. And then, you know, try to really connect with someone. And if they start to turn it really serious, just pull back. 
And and also, either way, I have to say, I really support uh, her instinct for knowing she needs a little me time right now. Yeah, I dig every I dig everything she's saying. She's like, I a lot of people say they want me time, and they they're like, oh, that means I can't date for like a year. And she's not saying that. Right. She's like, I want to date. I don't want to just hook up, but I don't want to have a boyfriend. She wants something in the middle, and yeah. I love what she's looking for. And she was with her ex for a long time, so like, go experience some new D. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you want your listener questions answered or if you have any funny messages that you want to share, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is dealing with ghosters. Dealing with ghosters. Where's our ghost friend? Oh. Sounds sounds drafty. It's very drafty where the ghost is. In the haunted houses. True. It it really is. Uh, guys, dealing with ghosters, man. I can't believe it took us so long to do an entire episode on this because we've gotten so many messages about this. I have so many friends dealing with ghosters. Oh, it's man. It's an epidemic. I know. So I have a few theories of like how to deal with ghosters, and I'm sure I'm missing a few things. Okay. I was hoping you could fill in like... The options. The gaps. The gaps. So somebody ghosts you. They, and to be clear, like we talked about before, ghosting is where they just like truly go MIA. You either like, you kind of ghost them back, meaning like you don't do anything. Right. You just never write them again. You either write like a super heartfelt letter and you send it to them, which like, that's honestly the kind of shit that I used to do. It's the kind of shit that I think everybody is inclined to do, but I think it almost never works. <laughs> I know. It never really works. It makes works. you feel better because you've gotten all your emotions out, but it's not going to like change that person's mind. Yeah, it made me feel better at the time. Uh, or you send like some angry texts like, what the fuck? Da, 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 da. But that probably, thing. that probably makes the person happy that they ghosted you. So Angela, is the only option doing nothing? Because that puts you in such a helpless position. There must be something more. I know. I know. Well, I can tell you how I handled ghosters and I, I can't say it's the healthiest way or the best way, but I'll bacon tell you on, what I did. Bacon on, bacon <laughs> I, on a stick. That Kansas. is one of, one of my ghosters. Um, Wait, explain, explain. Okay. Yeah. So there was a guy that I had met in a bar. See, he was inclined towards ghosting to begin with. So I should have wisened up because I met him in a bar. We exchanged numbers. We texted like that night, but then I didn't hear from him again for like a month. And at that point, I barely knew him. So I was like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to like follow up with him. But then he got in touch with me again and just randomly sent me a picture of himself eating bacon on a stick. Well, no, to be clear, they went out for a few times. Things were going well. And then he ghosted on- only to like much later, randomly with no context, send her a picture of bacon on a stick. No, no, no. The bacon on the stick happened after we hadn't spoken at all. Like it was just like oh. our first meeting. Yeah, I was still inappropriate and random but just a little different context yeah a little Um, different but so when so for someone like him when he ghosted me because we we had gone out a bunch and I felt a connection I didn't let it go quietly I but I I sent like a funny text or I tried to be funny what'd you say because we had like watched a stupid movie oh I remember this yeah it was like a scary movie with Anthony Hopkins and I was like I sent him something that was basically like, oh, that movie was that bad, huh? Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, funny. Did he ever, did he write back no, to that? No, he did it. <gasps> but what at is? least 
I went, I feel like I went out on my own terms in that way because it was like, I wasn't like begging him to answer me. And you were but angry. I was, but I was acknowledging what he was doing. Yeah. Actually, I think that was a great text. You're like, oh, guess the movie was that bad that it scared you. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Um, but like if it's somebody who I had only gone out with like once or something and it wasn't like a huge deal there weren't like a ton of emotions involved i wasn't gonna like embarrass myself by being like where are you yeah i just let it go you're a lady with poise <laughs> thanks yeah sometimes when i'm not vomiting on rooftops yeah i i sometimes present myself with poise but then i i like crazy will come out if you <laughs> ghost me no i don't know i don't know if i would do that but you know anyways i have an article that i read that i wanted to share it was written by caitlin wagner from bustle and she wrote about being ghosted and all the things that she wishes she would have done or Ooh. wishes that she knew. So she was dating this guy named Alex and they had sex and like great weeks together. After seeing each other for a little while, Alex's communication grew very sparse. She writes that we made plans that he canceled last minute, but I assured myself that he surely was busy. Then abruptly he stopped replying. After being in denial, I came to the stark realization that I had been ghosted. So she was very devastated, but here's what she wishes she would have done differently. She says, I should have recognized my own needs. When he goes to me, I should have asserted myself and sent Alex a clear and concise message asking him, is everything okay between us? Such a gesture would have honored my need for some form of closure and held him responsible for his behavior. Now, what do you think of sending a text like that? Just like, hey, is everything okay? It's I kind wonder of, at what point, like how much time had passed before she sent that? I think like a couple of weeks. She never yeah. sent it. She wishes she would uh, have. She wishes, yeah, I think at that point, a couple of weeks, that's totally appropriate. If it's like a day, <laughs> then maybe not. The thing that's hard though is... This is, I mean, it might have made her feel better, and she says it would, it would, it would maybe hold him responsible for his behavior. But you're kind of asking a question that the answer is pretty obvious, right? If, and if also you, irrelevant because it's like doesn't really matter. Yeah, if you haven't heard from someone in a while and they're clearly ghosting you, and it's been like over a week when you were talking on a regular basis prior, and you send, "Is everything okay between us?" It's like. No, duh. Obviously, it's not. Obviously, it's not. Right. And at that point, like, if he wrote you back, like, unless you had a death in the family and had to fly away. And even then, right. he could have, like, sent you a text and been like, hey, I had an emergency. I'm going to be, like, off the grid. But I don't know. Maybe that would have made her feel better. Yeah. Well, she says it honors her need for closure, which I get. Like, so much of this is just more about how to make yourself better. It's less about the other person. Which is exactly what the clinical psychologist Alice Son said, Dr. Ooh. Alice Son. She writes, a relationship that was pretty insignificant to a person can take weeks to get over only because of the method of termination, not because the relationship itself was so fantastic and not even because the other person was very appealing, but just because people can't tolerate being left without explanation. So that is what is so fucked up about ghosting is that maybe the person that you're ghosting didn't even care that much. And if you would have just had the balls or the vagine, the labia to like <laughs> tell them really like why you're not feeling it, it would make it easier on them. But she writes that like it can take a person so much longer to get over a relationship that is simply because of the way it was terminated. Isn't that, mm. that's exactly what you said. Yeah. So, so, um, so this is what the girl writes. She says, above all, I wish I understood that it was not my fault. I wish I had the insight to understand that dealing with Alex's ghosting behavior and its aftermath shouldn't impact my dignity. Alex's ghosting behavior was cruel and disrespectful 
disrespectful. It was not a reflection of my own flaws, but rather a reflection of his cowardice and lack of emotional maturity. I reacted to his ghosting by internalizing and mourning it as a loss. However, I should have viewed it as a sign of his lack of potential as a romantic partner. He was not worthy of me or any of my energy. I do not want, and I should never chase after someone who disappears at the first glimpse of emotional commitment or hardship. Super relatable. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess like sending a text like that is everything okay? Or, hey, just like want to be clear, it seems like you've been a little, you've been distant. like, you've been a little distant. Like, did you start dating someone else? Like, totally cool. I just really want to know what's up. I mean, that's so uncomfortable to even type, but maybe right. you got to do it. Well, you know what? Yeah. Like you said, you, you're, you have a bigger labia than he does <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard, man. But but yeah, I think if it will help you recover from this quicker by sending something like that, I'm pretty much all for it. Yeah. Just don't expect too much out of it. But if it if it honors your need for closure, then do it. Yes. On that note, we are going to explore this a little bit more in our Reason of the Week breakdown. So sometimes it's hard to tell a ghoster from a nice guy. We're going to test our skills in a game we call Spot the Ghost. That was my ghost impression. Oh, that, that's probably <laughs> better than the one I found on YouTube. Um, I'm going to read you a quote and you have to guess if it's from the romantic lead in a rom-com or from a literal ghost. All right. I will pass over the game show Win and lose buttons. Great. I can't wait to hear these sounds because I don't have a headache at all right now. (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. Number one, can I keep you? Okay. That is Devin Sawa saying that to, oh my God, what's her name? She like lives in Brooklyn. At this point, you're just getting bonus points because you got it correct. So I'm going to give you one of these. Uh, That is Casper, the live action movie. Yes, and it's Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Love interest. I saw her walking her little baby to the park maybe like a month or so ago, and she was singing to the baby. It was so cute. Oh, wow. I know. That's amazing. Devin Sawa, I had massive posters of him. You Gen Xs or whatever, don't know who the hell he is, but he was a dreamboat on Jonathan Taylor Thomas level. Yeah, I wasn't so into him. I was more into like Bill Pullman, the dad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so much. That's so much about how we're different. It really does. <laughs> um, all right. So, ghost, you got that one right. Number two, this is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Ghost or romantic lead? Uh, I gotta go with romantic lead. Correct. That would be Ryan Gosling in La La Land. Ooh, the definitely most romantic of romantic leads. Definitely not a ghost. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number three. But the thing is, um, what I'm trying to say very inarticulately is that, um, in fact, perhaps despite appearances, I like you very much, just as you are. Um, that doesn't sound like Patrick Swayze. I don't know how many other like cultural like ghosts there are. <laughs> you would be shocked. Is it Patrick Swayze? I didn't 
you didn't it's guess. It's not Patrick Swayze. You tricked me. I, I wasn't, tricked you. I wasn't there gonna, are a lot of ghosts, though, as we will learn from this game. I wasn't going to guess him, and then you were like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you it's, little jerk. It's Colin Firth and Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. I was like, someone that stutters like that. Ghosts probably don't stutter. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a good observation. <laughs> um, all right. It's amazing, Molly. The love inside. You take it with you. See ya. Patrick Swayze. Oh, wait, there we go. Yes. Now we've covered both ghosts that you know. All right. Great. <laughs> um, you are not a freak, okay? Don't you believe anybody that tries to convince you of that? That's bullshit. You don't have to go through your life believing that, okay? Wait, real quick. Was Patrick Swayze, the movie was called Ghost, right? Yes. All right. He was a ghost in Ghost. A ghost in Ghost. Uh, with Demi Moore. Mm-hmm. I get extra points for knowing Demi Moore. Okay, um, this one. Ooh. Can you read it again? Yes. You are not a freak, okay? Don't you believe anybody that tries to convince you of that? That's bullshit. You don't have to go through your life believing that, okay? Um. Okay, so saying you're not a freak. I feel like ghosts feel like they're a freak, so it'd be weird for the ghost to tell the human they're not a freak, but I feel like that that would maybe be the storyline in a movie. Like The movie would like kind of flip how you would typically think personalities would be, and they would be having the human tell... The, or no, the ghost would be telling the human that the human's not a freak. And so for the human to hear it from a ghost, she would really believe it. So I'm going to say ghost. <gasps> you are correct. You've spoken like a true screenwriter. <laughs> if, that, if it didn't exist, I would say you should write it. It's from Sixth Sense. Oh. Spoiler alert. A million years later, Bruce Willis was a ghost in that movie. <laughs> okay, final question. You're going to get this. If you build it, he will come. Oh my God, wait, now you got in my head. <laughs> if you build it, I mean, if you build it, they will come. But if you build it, he will come. I, I thought it was they too, by the way. And I and Google tells me it's he. But if you build it, they will come is like a phrase. That's like a phrase people use. That's not like a... But it's a phrase from a movie. Um, Shit. If you build it, he will come. Can I get a hint? I, I haven't asked for any hints the whole game. No, because game. you've gotten them all right. Except for one that you, but you tricked That's me. True. You tricked. So I have to keep using my my snoop shit sneakiness to get you uh, to lose. Okay, wait, I'm gonna do a lifeline. Nick, ghost or not ghost? <laughs> ghost. All right, we say ghost. Uh, fine. You get. You should really only get half a ding right. for that one. But yes, it's from Field of Dreams. Oh, there. I yeah. They are ghosts. Ghost baseball players. Oh man. Wait, but I don't think I've seen that. I actually haven't either, but it's just like in the zeitgeist. So, so did angels in the outfield just like <laughs> totally rip off a of field of dreams? I mean, are angels technically ghosts? Like, is there oh. a difference? I don't know. But angels in the outfield was like probably one of my favorite movies growing up. I mean, I had a lot of favorite movies. But Tony Danza dies in that movie. Or they imply that because he smokes. It was like they, they wedged in a little anti-smoking oh. thing there because they would like show him smoking and they'd be like, he's going to be an angel soon. Oh, yeah. That was my takeaway for that movie. That was so sad. It was very upsetting. Yeah. Because I, I had a crush on Tony Danza as well. I should send that movie to um, my neighbors upstairs who smoke. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stand them. You should. Just that one scene, which will seem like a threat. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that was a fun game. Thanks for creating that game for me. Sure. Anytime. Uh, well, we hope we've cleared up this week's reason. That is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Guys, check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and we also have our audiobook on Audible, so you can listen to us, read to it. If you've listened to all of our podcasts and you're like, why don't they do three podcasts a week? Just get <laughs> our book. We do have a lot of people on Twitter that say that they've like listened to all of our episodes and now they're out of stuff to listen to. That's so, so hey, cool. 
audiobook. Great. Um, you can also, if you're feeling bored and want to get some cool stuff, get hooked up with discounts from our sponsors. We have a full list of sponsors and codes on our podcast page of thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Like I said, we're on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at your single show and let us know like your favorite part of this episode. Sure. Sure. And you can like and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>